Hi, welcome to In the Middle and Out of the Box, episode 33. Welcome back. It's been a little bit of a time here in between episodes. Um, unfortunately, I had some deaths in the family and some family crisis. Um, now that the holidays are over, um, I wanted to start out with a bang and do the long-awaited Brightline trip to Orlando from Boca. And I've been talking about this for a while, and I finally got a chance to do it, and I wanted to bring it to you. Um, I also started a, um, or co-adminning a uh, Facebook group for Brightline, and um, so take a look at that too. I'm going to pop it up here so you can see it, and hopefully you can join, and if you're as passionate about Brightline as all of us are on this group, um, you're more than welcome to join. Um, it, it's positive, it's, it's very uh, solution-oriented, it's very helpful. Um, it's not a complaint board or things like that. It's much more for people that are excited about Brightline, passionate, um, feel very lucky that we have it here in Florida. Um, so please take a look at it and join our Facebook group. So today we have a couple things for you. We're going to have actually the video tour. I got a lot of people asking me beforehand. I put it on the Facebook group. Um, they wanted to see actually like the Boca station and the parking garage and the actual station itself and a lot of different things along the way. So some of the things seem very menial to people that have already taken Brightline. I apologize, but a lot of people haven't taken Brightline yet. And so I want to make sure that we get every little thing that they asked for and give some further explanations to some things that um, some of their questions and comments and so forth. Um, we're also going to do a little bit of the housing market. And of course, we have our local this time um, when we talked about social conscience. We talked about this time of something that happened in Boca that I wanted to share with everybody. Um, I think sometimes when it actually hits closer to home, um, it has some more of an impact on you and people. And um, it was just something beautiful, and I wanted to share that. And then we also have our science and technology. And actually, in our science and technology today, we actually have um, something really great because a lot of times we'll see like these futuristic you know, trains or whatever. And this is actually being built up in Toronto in Canada. So these are actually being built right now. So these aren't in the future. So I kind of want to give you guys a little bit of a taste of, even though we're just getting in the U.S. our first taste of kind of high-speed train, um, especially for the one out in Las Vegas to California, it's going to be over 200 miles an hour. Um, I wanted to show you kind of what the future is and how we still have so much to catch up on in the U.S. So um, that's going to be in our science technology to kind of go along with our theme of Brightline. And then we have art. So um, we have a lot today to pack in here. I hope you stay with us um, and enjoy. Okay, so again, this is the parking garage at Boca. A lot of people want to know where they park when they come to the Boca station. That's the outside of the parking garage. Um, we're just kind of panning here to show you the station. Um, it's a smaller station. And so, you know, I always say to people, you got to set your expectations. So this is the station exterior. And we're going to take you inside in a moment. 
Um, so again, setting expectations. The premium class in this station is different than like in Miami, Orlando, and so forth. So this is how you come in. You go through the tickets. This is the smart car lounge. Um, you'll see that there's lots of seating, and each of those seats have the plug-ins for headphones and chargers. They have a little snack bar there. Um, that you can just pay. Um, it kind of knows already what you got and you just scan your credit card. This is a little table area that you can work if you want on the way down to the premium lounge. Um, the premium lounge does have a bunch of different offerings as far as alcoholic beverages, regular beverages. Um, it has lots of food. It had yogurts, fruit cups, par um, parfaits. It had crudite. It had um, lots of different um, beverages as far as coffees and teas and um, snacks. There's a lot of snacks there. And um, it also had the um, croissants and muffins. And um, it was a nice little kind of morning uh, touch of something, right? So um, had my coffee, had a little muffin, <laughs> and I was, or I'm sorry, I think I had a yogurt. And I was good to go. Oh, there's the fruit cups and the yogurts and the beverages. Um, like I said, there's also alcoholic beverages there. And these are just basically, um, you know, free for you to take. So here comes the train. Now, um, unfortunately, my head's in the way, but um, <laughs> it was a rainy day. And we actually had the train that was says Orlando on it. And that's where we were headed. So we had the Orlando train. Um, which was very apropos and uh, we were in the premium class and when we got on um, you'll see it's it's a little different seating configuration so premium is 2-1 and the smart car is 2-2 so the seats are a little bit smaller in smart car so they can fit four across but um, premium is 2-1 and we actually reserved there's a bunch of different types of tables and seating arrangements you can you can reserve if you have four people there's with a table in between or you can have two people with a table in between so there's different seating arrangements again everything was clean bright um, everything was well stocked and um, we had great attendance going up and coming back um, just kind of taking a little tour here as we're walking on so you can see kind of the configuration so we had a table that um, was in between the two and when you're there, they give you a towel when you first get there. They had some really nice tables that you can pop out to expand them if you want to put your computer up there. Um, they see the luggage racks are all up there on top. If people want to bring luggage, there's more than enough room where your seating is to do luggage. Um, beyond that door is the bathroom, which we'll get to in a minute. <laughs> so, and I'm sitting there just enjoying the ride. And... Um, this particular train, unfortunately, they have the windows still covered. I know a lot of people are saying they want those those uh, dotted windows off from the ads on the uh, wrapping of the train. So this is what they gave you on board. Again, another fruit cup, yogurt, coffee, um, croissant. And um, this was the bathroom area, So or the traveling in between. This is going into a smart car. And um, as you can see, there's the 2-2 configuration. There's lots of luggage up there. Um, lots of bags and so forth, different seating configurations. And um, that's the premium car, and that's just kind of walking in between. It's very easy to walk in between the cars. And, you know, I remember from the Long Island Railroad and Long Island, 
he went outside in between the cars in the freezing weather and the winter. This is all in enclosed. Nice bench there waiting if you need to use the restroom if somebody's in there and there's the restroom. And um, I kind of had a interesting experience. It seems easy enough. I turned on the blower and my hair just got like blown. I was like, wow, this thing is really powerful. And um, so even the blowers work really good on Brightline. Um, so back safely in my seat after that experience. So, um, you know, we traveled and it kind of built up as we were going through West Palm. And then after West Palm, it kind of just continued to go up. We went up to about 128 miles per hour. Now, it's funny because that day there was pouring rain. All the airports were, um, you know, uh, delayed. They actually restricted some of the airspace because it got so packed because of the holidays and everybody going home from Christmas. And so here we are on the train just going and, um, you know, arriving in Orlando on time. We were perfectly on time again. Kudos to Brightline. So as you get to Orlando, you step off and you get onto the platforms. And uh, we were going to meet our moderator, Ari. So um, you'll see the escalators take you upstairs to this beautiful Brightline terminal. They did an excellent job. Very bright, light. So there's everybody going up. Um, there's some people coming down. There's a walkway in between also if you want to take the walk. Um, a lot of people have luggage and bags and so forth. So the escalator is pretty full there. Um, once we get to the top, that brings you right into a really nice um, area where there's the Mary Mary bar. There's shopping. There's food. Um, and this is only for people that are ticketed. It's kind of like once you get past security you know, for in an airlines, you can only go past a certain point. So this is all still behind that area when you first get off. Um, again, there's t-shirts and sweatshirts and um, obviously it was decorated for Christmas and the holidays. And then we were walking out past security and um, trying to uh, again meet up with Ari. So I think I saw him in the corner there and um, we met up with him and then he started giving us a nice tour of Orlando. He's very his expertise is in Orlando Station, so we wanted to get the down low on what's going on. As you can see, there's several different customer service desks there. Um, they're very friendly, always willing to help, no problem. A lot of times people are panicking, and everything can be straightened out. So here we go. So here's the um, actual terminal when you get off and you start walking and it was really interesting because um, what he was trying to explain was is that this terminal um, actually was supposed to connect to terminal C and um, right now it connects to terminals A and B and um, they have a little tram that goes to A, B, A and B come right into this Brightline terminal and um, in between terminals A and B uh, connectors there's a parking garage and then in the distance you'll see terminal C and so that's kind of where the garage is over there. And you'll see the garage right there. And then that's Terminal C. And so supposedly, I guess during COVID and so forth, um, the pandemic, they stopped working on this connector. And now they're thriving again and they're building on the connector to Terminal C, the future walkway. Once the SunRail line actually starts coming into Brightline Station, that's it right there. They're going to have a track right there for the, the uh, commuter line that's going to connect to SunRail for Tampa. And the track is actually going to go down that right, that, that uh, overhead railway right there. 
and uh, they're going to have the tracks there. And then he talked about, too, um, this again is the main station area, um, there was going to be some vendors, and they stopped, again, building during the, the pandemic. See, it's all kind of blocked off there. They're going to put some stores there, some probably some vendors, some food vendors, and so forth, because outside the security area, you know, we wanted to sit with him and have a cup of coffee or something. There's nothing there right now. So you have to go behind security to get something to meet somebody there. So we just came out and we were just, you know, looking around and everything you can see there on the right is kind of boarded up and, you know, kind of waiting to be started again as far as vendors and food and so forth. There's restrooms out there. Um, so where we're walking right now is really important because I know a lot of people have questions about the parking. So they just opened three new lots, and two of the lots are actually right outside the door of the Brightline Station. So you're going to see that in a minute. Um, um, there's elevators, uh, you know, for anybody that needs that. And um, this is looking back, again, from where we just walked in the Orlando Station. And again, we're going into detail because a lot of people want to know this stuff. So those are the escalators down. Um, again, more seating areas. And those escalators down, I'm going to show you now, um, it's going to go to a parking area. So it's right there. So it's literally outside the Brightline Station. And I think there's lots one and two there. And then there's a lot three further down. And um, so again, they just added a lot of parking. So he was kind of going through all that with me. Um, and you can see actually those videotapes that you, him and I were talking on our Facebook group. And um, so that's interesting. So again, here's the market. Um, after we left Ari, we went back in. We were getting ready to come, kind of turn right around and come back on the train. We we're going to stop in and just grab some lunch at the Premium Lounge. So I'm going to show you that in a moment. So um, we had to go through security. There's the Premium Lounge in Orlando. And again, there's different size stations. They offer different things. Um, this is just kind of a quick walkthrough again from the area that when you first come up, that is just for the train passengers, um, Mary Mary and so forth. Um, a lot of seating, drinks, food, clothing, gifts, <laughs> whatever you want. So um, that's really kind of fun to watch. And um, there seemed to be a lot of people there. You know, there's a lot of people that were on the train. There's a lot of people in the station. As you saw coming up, there's, you know, a lot of people with bags and so forth, maybe because of the holidays or whatever. So we're going into the premium lounge now. And um, that on the wall there is kind of a, uh, I guess you want to call that a tap for, I think it's either beer or wine. They have a um, coffee machine. Um, they were switching over right to lunch. Um, from breakfast so they had both there so we took advantage of that so great Caesar salad great fresh fruit cheeses um, they had lots of different options for breakfast they had um, omelet, cheese omelets uh, sausages things like that so now we're ready to go back and um, my favorite part of the premium lounge besides the food was the fact that they had these beautiful um, wing back chairs that kind of came all the way around and really gave you so much privacy that if you just wanted to just sit there and look out the window or talk to somebody next to you that um you know it kind of just made you guys feel like you were just there together by yourselves it was really interesting so um anyway so now we're getting back to Boca and we're going back on it looks like the pink train and what's great about the pink train is it doesn't have the window covers on it so um 
you know, Brightline knows that people don't want the window covers on. And I've mentioned this a couple of times. They got the message loud and clear. I think they have a bunch of different contracts that they still have to fulfill that um, have been wrapped or going to be wrapped. So eventually they know that they're going to not put the window covers on. They've said that. Now, whether they stick to that or not, but I know that they're still cycling through all of their prior contracts and continuing on with the contracts they've signed in, in the future for a little while. So it's just going to be a matter of time. So the pink one does not have any coverings on it, so on the window, so which was great. Um, you could actually see outside, and um, even though it was a dreary day, it was nice to actually see outside. Okay, so we're leaving Orlando Airport and the station, and we're on our way. And I think we went up to, again, I think it was like 128, 129 on the way home. Um, it was much more crowded also on the way home. A lot of people on that train. And um, it was great. They handled it no problem. Um, we had great uh, food again on the train, sandwiches. Then they, um, once we got to uh, West Palm, we got, um, you know, snacks and and more stuff, and I, I was full. So food is not an issue on the train. So like I said, you do have to remember, though, that each station's different. So like I talked about, like if you have a premium ticket and you start out at Miami or you start out at Orlando, you're going to be given, you know, the full premium experience. If you have, um, if you're going to go to, let's say, Fort Lauderdale or West Palm, those are kind of like medium stations, right? So you're going to have a little bit more and a little bit less than Orlando and Miami, but you're a little bit more than Boca and Aventura. Boca and Aventura are kind of, they're like, little stations. So they're going to have food, they're going to have alcoholic beverages, but they're not going to have the whole spread, right? So you just have to understand that there's a difference. So a lot of times, like if I'm just going to go down to, um, from Boca to like Fort Lauderdale, it's a 15 minute trip. I'm just going to take a smart car for that, right? Because I don't need the whole premium experience. If I'm going to take a, tr a train from Boca to Miami, which is a little over an hour, around-ish, 5.53 minutes, something like that, I'm going to take a premium ticket, right? And vice versa. So if I'm only going to go to West Palm, I'm only going to take a smart car. So you have to really think about what your needs are as far as once you get to the station. Because if everybody remembers correctly that the um, Ubers are included in your premium ticket both ways from the station within five-mile range of the station. So, you know, what I say to a lot of people is you really have to price it out. So if you go on a premium ticket and you have um, the Ubers from your location there and back from the station, wherever you're going once you go down to, let's say, Miami, um, then you have to also put in your breakfasts and your lunches and so forth because they do offer it in the smart car, but you have to pay for it. A lot of times... Um, when you add all that in, it's kind of very, pretty much similar to what the prices are in the premium car. So um, again, it, it depends on your trip and where you're going and what you're doing. And if you need transportation, everybody's a little bit different. So you have to kind of price it out first. So anyway, so we're leaving the Orlando station. And we wanted to try, since we had the open windows, we wanted to try to show you what it looks like kind of going 125. I think that was one of the top speeds we got Um that we were able to capture and again it was great that we had the open windows and um, so you'll see in a little bit we're going to be hitting about 125 here's about 125 passing the cars <laughs> which is great so um, that's kind of you know our trip um, Brightline did a great job very impressed um, again 
the service, the cleanliness, um, the friendliness, um, just the product itself. I mean, the, the cars are extremely comfortable. Love having the tables there. Um, so many people I saw were working. I know a lot of business people, a lot of commuters are using it. Um, it's just gaining a lot in popularity, which is great to see. I know a lot of um, companies now have signed on and they're sending their employees back and forth because it's actually cheaper than flying them. And um, so again, it, it's got so many great benefits to it. I really don't see a downside. Yes, um, I know they, you know, they're not the, the cheapest. They're not a commuter train. So um, as far as, you know, stopping at every stop and so forth, um, they, it's a, they offer a lot of service for what you get. And um, so anyway, so I hope that's a little bit of a capture for you of our great day with Brightline. And um, so we're going to show a little bit more later on in the science and technology with what's coming down the pike as far as what's actually happening in other places and hopefully in the future here too. Like I mentioned, um, Brightline West is going to be um, a real high-speed train with over 200 miles an hour. And um, so it's going to be the first really in the country. So it's going to be fantastic to watch um, that come about. So let's go to um, the next item, which is the housing market. Okay, so, um, you know, this was really interesting. Um, in the last 40 years, rents have climbed 40% over inflation and 7% past income growth. But here's the twist, okay? Despite the hike, wage growth, when we adjust for inflation, is inching up by just 2% annually. So it's a challenging scenario, right? So it's kind of like it looks horrendous, but when you actually adjust for inflation, it's just going up 2% annually. So ever wonder why rents are soaring? The answer lies in the supply and demand equation, right? Post-pandemic, more folks are seeking their own space. Yet the construction of new homes hasn't quite caught up. So this imbalance leads to a tricky rent-to-income ratio, especially in urban areas. Right now, a lot of people want to live in the urban areas. It's a tough market. Um, understanding these trends really help navigate it better. You know, the market right now is, um, as the rates are going to come down, we're going to see a lot more action, right? Especially down here in South Florida, as far as more listings, more sales, everybody's kind of waiting. You know, I've mentioned in my prior podcast about um, portability. There's several lenders that offer portability of your mortgage, which basically is taking your mortgage that you have right now at 3%, 4%, whatever it is, and that you can purchase a new home and put your mortgage on the new home. And a lot of people are like, well, I didn't know that you could do that. So again, really good tool. A lot of people are stuck in their houses thinking they have to stay there because they have a 3% or 4% mortgage. And that's just simply not true. There's a list of banks and mortgage lenders that offer portability. Um, they want you to be able to move to a new house, to up, you know, upgrade, downgrade, downsize, whatever you want to do, empty nest, whatever. So um, look into portability, see if your bank offers it. Definitely something to help you get going if you want to change residences um, until the rates come down. So take a watch at this. It was just really, really interesting. Um, they have a lot of noted um, er points in history of what happened. This starts in 1997 and continues to present day. And I, when I watched this, I was like amazed at kind of what we've been going through and why we all feel a little fatigued at this point, to say the least. Never know if you don't go. No. You'll never shine if you don't glow. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. All that glitter 
gets colder. You're bundled up now, wait till you get older. But the media man begs to differ, judging by the hole in the satellite picture. The ice we skate is getting pretty thin. The water's getting warm, so you might as well swim. But world's on fire, how about yours? That's the way I like it, and I'll never get bored. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. Okay, so the condo blacklist. So ever since Surfside, right, um, mortgage lenders Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac have gotten really strict on condos, right, um, as far as structural inspections, milestone inspections. Now the new laws in Florida um, have to be making sure that the condo is up to criteria as far as structurally in good condition. Um, and, you know, this all came about because – you had people on boards, obviously, that are living there that didn't want to have their HOAs go up or have repairs done and have assessments. So you can't have um, no oversight, right? No checks and balance over this. So now that we have all these laws, um, including that the reserves have to be fully funded. So what Fannie Mae has done, though, is they have a blacklist that no many people didn't know about. And it just came out that somebody leaked the information. So being on the blacklist makes buying and selling individual units in these associations using conventional financing virtually impossible. So Fannie Mae has this list that they will not lend on, but they don't want to tell you that. And the reason they don't want to tell you that is because then it would call for um, those people to lose all their value in their unit, right? Now, a lot of people do buy condos with cash, so they're not affected by it. So they might not even know that their condo's on the blacklist. But um, for people that want to sell their property, and let's say somebody comes in that wants to use a mortgage, they're going to get denied and maybe not know why. Maybe, you know, for some other reason, the property doesn't meet requirements or whatever, but not really get a clear understanding. So this is a really helpful tool because if you're looking for property and you want to check and see if your condo is on the blacklist that you're looking to buy in, so you'll know ahead of time if people are going to be able to get mortgages and um, so your market value will not go down because they can't get a mortgage. So um, the condo blacklist is basically a risk mitigation tool Fannie Mae believes is necessary to protect the secondary mortgage market. And um, I'm not going to read all of this, but because of many underfunded budgets, inadequate cash flow, lack of reserves, lack of repairs, um, and having little money to do it, they, a lot of these condos are at risk. So that's why they won't lend on them. So um, again, these are all, I, you know, failure to maintain the property, the common area, the structural and infrastructural defects, assessment delinquencies, inadequate reserves, insufficient insurance. Um, there's many reasons why you can be put on the blacklist. So um, this is the information that you can get if you want to find out before you purchase something, if your condo is at the purchase that you want to do is on the blacklist. Or if you're in a condo and you want to check and see if you're going to have trouble selling it to somebody that has a mortgage, um, this would be the place to go look. Okay, so we're going to talk about social awareness. This is a category that I had added a couple months back. And, you know, I always talked about um, great ideas as far as like helping other people and um, just meaningful things that people can do um, to kind of make you empathetic and understanding and so forth. And I thought it was kind of interesting because 
I was reading a post on um, Nextdoor, and it was all about um, this woman that had put a tent up outside 7-Eleven in Boca Raton, and she had two very, very small children. I think one was two and one was four, and it was freezing cold, and everybody on Nextdoor, you know, went to town. They went and started to help her. They researched, you know, and it was really so inspiring to see people just kind of come together. Um, and I'll tell you the outcome in a moment. But um, everybody just tried to, you know, do they need clothes? Do they need shoes? Do they need uh, food? Do they need, you know, and basically what they needed was shelter, right? They had, um, I guess, food and they had um, their, their monthly EBT card or whatever. Um, they had clothes and so forth and toys for the kids. But she needed a shelter. She lost her home. And, um, you know, it was amazing to me, first of all, there was so many people that just like, you know, well, go to, you know, your church and go to here and go to there and go get services and this and that, you know, it's not that easy, right? So, I mean, obviously the woman doesn't probably have a car. And um, in addition to that, a lot of people are kind of um, right over the, the line as far as qualifying for things, right? Um, A lot of times the assistance that people get is only for a day for, you know, a voucher for a day or two days, or it's not a long-term solution, right? So it's very quick for us to all say, well, can't they just this? And can't they just that? And that's not helpful, right? So these people actually um, paid for a hotel room for this small little family. I think it was for a few nights. And then they were actually able to find a, um, a nonprofit or a service that was actually able to help them get a hotel room that would pay them for um, a month. That gives them enough time to hopefully get some additional services and additional resources and so forth. But um, so now this woman is off the street with her two little children. And I just thought it was so inspiring. And I just wanted to use this this time as social awareness since sometimes locally, you know, again, it has a little bit more impact on us if we see something locally. Um, and I just wanted people to think, you know, before you just kind of just say, well, can't they this and can't they that and can't they that, you know, just stop and just say, you know, what can I do? What can I do to help? You know, what can I do to offer something? And it was just so, again, inspiring to see so many people kind of chip in, pay for a hotel, you know, and try to make sure they had everything they needed. And um, hopefully they're getting the help that they need now. So I wanted to use that for um, our social awareness this time. And then next, I want to talk about science and technology. So um, I don't know if anybody remembers, but I had put this way back when, when I was talking about EVs. It was one of the earlier episodes and about what was coming in the future. And, you know, everyone's talking about plugging in and this and that. But one of the ideas was to, as you're driving, right, the, the road itself, to be charging your EV. And so um, this is actually happening in Florida. So a new Florida roadway will be charging EVs as they drive. And I was like, you know, a lot of people are always like, oh, that's never going to happen, or that can't happen. Or, that's, you know, all the naysayers are always there. Trust me, they're always there. So um, and I just wanted to make sure that everybody saw that this actually came to fruition and that um, this is a pilot program. They're building a road, and it's in Florida. And watch this video, and you'll find out about it. So it does happen. Right now, there are only a few roads that link Lake County to Orange County. 
two areas that are booming. So now the Central Florida Expressway Authority is embarking on a major project to build a four lane toll road connecting Highway 27 in South Lake County to State Road 429 near Horizon West. It'll be called State Road 516. We know that roads are not pretty, but what, what's unique about this is this will be one of the most sustainable, one of the most conservation-minded roads in the world, and I, I don't think that's an exaggeration. The expressway will be built in this green space. It'll have a wildlife underpass to protect wildlife in the area, pathways for runners, walkers, and bikers, and the road itself will charge electric vehicles. If you have an electric vehicle and you have the right equipment attached, you will be able to uh, charge as you're driving. That dynamic charging is a pilot program, so at first it'll only work for the fleet of test electric vehicles, but the end goal is for the expressway to charge all types of EVs. And I think when, when this is done, this will be a leadership model for the, for the rest of the world. Okay, um, I thought this was really interesting. You know, a lot of times I'll showcase like sinks on here. I don't know why, but I mean, sometimes they're just so outlandish in the ideas, right? So, um... This sink is kind of interesting. It's actually like a sculpture, like a masterpiece, right? So I thought it was kind of interesting, and I just wanted to kind of share it with you guys as just another new design idea. So take a look. So staying in the science and technology vein, um, this is great in a restaurant, right? So we have restaurants actually here in Boca. I think it's the C restaurant that actually has a uh, robot that delivers food to the tables. I think it's over on Jog or something. And um, the, But this is actually a flying robot server, right? So again, they just keep upping it, and I just thought it was kind of interesting. So take a look. Okay, so here's what I was talking about as far as, you know, this isn't in the future. This is now. They're actually doing this now, right? So this is the TransPod. It's in Toronto. It's a Toronto-based startup. It's developing technology, and it's um, going to reach speeds over 1,000 kilometers an hour, and um, the fastest commuter rail in the world right now in China can go 600 kilometers an hour. So um, this is going to be something it's going to actually float along the rail magnetically and uses magnets and plaza technology to reach those speeds. So again, um, they're building this now in Toronto and um, again, it's happening now. So I just want to make sure, take a look at this one. It's also very interesting to see.
Okay, so this week's art, I wanted to kind of do something fun with. Um, I don't know where or how I found these, but um, there were two AI-generated pictures. One was a male and one was a female. So the first one was the female, and this is what happens when they put into AI, what does a, a woman look like in Florida? And this is what they came out with. And um, maybe that was 20 years ago, but I think I've mentioned to you guys before that now the average age, at least in Boca and the you know surrounding areas, is about 48. So we have really come down in age. Um, ever since the big migration, after the pandemic, so many people, young people and families and everybody came down here. So AI might be a little off on this. Um, there might be certain areas of Florida that show this, but definitely not Boca and the surrounding areas. But I just thought it was hysterical that AI came out with this photo of what it thought Florida women looked like. So I wanted to post that. And then this was the uh, AI-generated art of, I guess, Santa in Florida um, with sitting on the alligator and so forth. So I thought that was kind of cute. So kind of I wanted to make sure I represented both because I'm sure I'd hear it if I didn't. Um, okay, so today I just want to talk a little bit uh, real quick before I show you and end with my art that, um, you know, there's a background that I use here. And I don't know if everybody's familiar with it, but... It, um, it's the French expression, l'air bleu, and it's the blue hour, and it's the period of twilight each morning and evening when there's neither full daylight or nor complete darkness. The time is special because of the quality of the light at this time of day. And I mean, the blues are just so vivid and bright and just gorgeous. And um, again, it actually has a name for this time of day when it shows this type of blue. So um, anyway, so one of those, the photography is the actual um, picture behind me, but it's the full picture with the bird in the middle and everything else that you don't usually get to see because it's usually behind my head. Um, and then there's something else too, um, probably one of my favorite pictures. So um, enjoy the art and until we see each other again, um, again, remember, subscribe, email in the middle, bdh at gmail.com. Log on to our Facebook uh, Brightline page and um, talk to you soon.